Hi, this is Christian Kuhn of Urban Village Church in Chicago. Welcome back to my sermon podcast. I noted the last time that I recorded something for Palm Sunday, things are a little different at Urban Village right now, um, understandably, and so we are doing all of our worship online. If you haven't yet checked us out there, I'm going to, I'll put a link to our YouTube uh, channel that you can go and watch um, at once. We, wa- we watch together on Sunday mornings at 1030, and then obviously you can watch recordings of that anytime too. Part of that too is I'm not preaching quite as much, so this uh, today will be the last time that I uh, preach in a few weeks, I think. Uh, we're all kind of taking turns doing that. But, uh, and also, I'm not at home while I record this, so the equipment isn't quite, or I'm missing my filter, so if, if my peas pop, uh, that's why. But I'm glad to be recording here today and to share with you some reflections about this sermon that I'm preaching on Sunday. Let's start by reading the passage that I'll be focusing on. This comes from the book of First Kings in the Hebrew Scriptures, and I'll be reading First uh, Kings 19, verses 1 through 16. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, how he had killed all Baal's prophets with the sword. Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah with this message, May the gods do whatever they want to me, if by this time tomorrow I haven't made your life like the life of one of them. Elijah was terrified. He got up and ran for his life. He arrived at Beersheba in Judah and left his assistant there. He himself went farther on into the desert a day's journey. He finally sat down under a solitary broom bush. He longed for his own death. It's more than enough, Lord. Take my life because I'm no better than my ancestors. He lay down and slept under the solitary broom bush. Then suddenly a messenger tapped him and said to him, Get up, eat something. Elijah opened his eyes and saw flatbread baking on glowing coals and a jar of water right by his head. He ate and drank and then went back to sleep. The Lord's messenger returned a second time and tapped him. Get up, the messenger said. Eat something, because you have a difficult road ahead of you. Elijah got up, ate and drank, and went refreshed by that food for forty days and nights until he arrived at Horeb, God's mountain. There he went into a cave and spent the night. The Lord's word came to him and said, Why are you here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I've been very passionate for the Lord God of heavenly forces, because the Israelites have abandoned your covenant. They have torn down your altars, and they have murdered your prophets with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they want to take my life too. The Lord said, Go out and stand at the mountain before the Lord. The Lord is passing by. A very strong wind tore through the mountains and broke apart the stones before the Lord. But the Lord wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. After the fire, there was a sound, thin, quiet. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his coat. He went out and stood at the cave's entrance. A voice came to him and said, Why are you here, Elijah? He said, I've been very passionate for the Lord God of heavenly forces, because the Israelites have abandoned your covenant. They have torn down your altars, and they have murdered your prophets with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they want to take my life too. The Lord said to him, Go back through the desert to Damascus, and appoint Hazael as king of Aram. Also appoint Jehu 
Nimshi's son as king of Israel, and anoint Elisha from Abeloha, Shaphat's son, to succeed you as prophet. May God's blessing be on the reading and living out of this word. So certainly a question that many of us are asking one another these days, and it takes a little bit different tone or an emphasis anyway. So often we ask each other, how are you? But these days, it seems like when we ask that question to one another, uh, it takes a different, um, or the words have different emphasis. How are you? Maybe we slow down the words a little bit just to get a sense to know just how exactly somebody's doing. Not long after that, the how are you, how are you doing question, uh, not long after that, as you're looking to catch up and see how the other person is doing, uh, is another question, and that is, what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you reading? We all want to share and pick up on what's the really good movie or show or a latest song or album or book that uh, we could be taking in. And so I'm no different. I've been, I really enjoyed the latest or the, the new ESPN documentary about the Chicago Bulls in the mid-1990s, The Last Dance. I'm looking forward to future episodes of that. And then as a family, we have been all over the map uh, watching certain things. Um, one night, a couple weeks ago, we went from two, talk about two extremes. We were watching The Great British Bake Off, and then uh, I will neither confirm nor deny that we watched a couple of episodes of Tiger King. I've been listening as well. I bought a I think I've mentioned I bought a, or my, I was given a gift, a record player, a turntable for Christmas. So I've been breaking out some of my vinyl and introducing my children to Prince, which uh, I was, I couldn't believe they hadn't really heard of before. So we've been playing Purple Rain and then also the new album by Mike, uh, Michael Kiwanuka. And then I've been really reading or enjoying the book, These Truths by Jill Lepore. It's a, a compendium of American history. So these conversations that we have with one another, all of this is understandable, that we would ask this question to everybody, because we're all, many of us are in situations where we're filling our time with gaps that we didn't always have. Even if you're lucky enough to be able to work at home and you're having a normal workday, there's still, it's a strange time. And so we need something to do. Boredom for some kind of comes in. And when we're not sure how to take, uh, take breaks or make use of this time. We, we need something to fill it. In addition to the boredom, in addition to filling this time, we may also be reading and watching and listening because we fear what happens when there's no noise in the background, when there's just silence. Because when we're left to our own thoughts, that can be scary. It doesn't always have to be, though. So I want to talk about silence today as we are uh, preaching or reflecting on a sermon series that we're calling Loners, Faithing in Place. So we're focusing on biblical figures who found ways to be faithful even when they were by themselves. And obviously now is an excellent time to focus on these figures. And so today we're focusing on, as we heard from the scripture, Elijah. Quick background on who Elijah was. He was a prophet certainly one of the top prophets uh, in the Hebrew faith. He was known for having some conflict, and we can also pick up on this from the scriptures too, a conflict with rulers of Israel, namely Ahab and Jezebel. Elijah really emphasized monotheism. And so because Ahab and Jezebel worshipped uh, 
false gods, especially a god called Baal, there was some contention there between Elijah and these rulers. If you want to get a sense of a biblical reality show, I encourage you to go back one chapter. I read from chapter 19 today in 1 Kings. Go back and read chapter 18. It's quite a story of Elijah dueling with these prophets of Baal and including included in that is Elijah doing some trash talking and there's fire being uh, lit from out of nowhere and uh, truth be told there's also uh, some murder that happens too of these all these prophets so the scripture makes it clear here that Elijah has some enemies Jezebel Ahab's wife has put a death warrant out on him so external circumstances have driven Elijah into solitude does that sound familiar? External circumstances have driven Elijah into solitude. He's lost. He's angry, possibly even depressed. We pick up on that in some of the things that he does, the words that he uses. He's contemplating dying by suicide, saying he doesn't want to live anymore. Maybe he could be On the one hand, you could understand if he's sleeping because he's exhausted from the journey, but also this might be, again, a symptom of depression. He's being told when to eat. And all of this leads up to his statement in verse 4 when he calls out to God, it's more than enough, Lord. He cannot go on anymore. So how does God respond to this cry by Elijah? When Elijah says, it's more than enough, Lord, Notice that God does not respond with anger. God doesn't chastise Elijah. But instead, God responds with a question. In verse 9, the question is this. Why are you here, Elijah? That's a pretty deep question. But it's a question. And that question to me connotes God's desire to stay in relationship with Elijah. And I think that is such a key component of this passage. And it's a key component for anyone who feels like they are all alone. Staying in relationship. God's desire to stay in relationship seems to be such a high priority. I was listening to the podcast uh, slash radio show, This American Life, a couple of weeks ago. And one of the segments of this particular episode uh, focused on one of the producers of This American Life, a woman uh, named Bim uh, Adewamni. And her brother has been diagnosed as COVID-19 positive. And so she talks about this inner, these interactions she is having with her brother, whereas before they maybe would talk a couple of times a week. Now it seems like she is talking to him every single day. And in her conversation Uh, with uh, Ira Glass, the host of This American Life, she says that every time she talks to her brother, every day, questions are popping up. Questions like, what's your temperature? And she noted that in a way, when she asks these questions that seem bland on the service, they're really, as she phrases it, kind of circumventing the elephant in the room. She wants to ask and say things that are underneath that, but she doesn't quite know how to talk about it. So when she asks, what's your temperature, it's really, as she noted, shorthand. She says she uh, compares it to a half language. Her parents are from, her family's from Nigeria. In fact, one of the Yoruba tribes. And 
Bim says that her mom often says that sometimes a person is speaking from underneath your tongue. And in a way, she said she felt like she was speaking from underneath her tongue in asking a really serious question, but in the most bland language. So for example, when she says, are you drinking water? What was the headache like? She said, it's like asking these very basic questions that are pushing back the fear of what this could have been. What she said was the thing that I'm saying that I feel like screaming it is, please don't die. I don't want you to die. For her, that's speaking from underneath your tongue. So the questions that she is asking, in a way, asking these questions is a way for her to stay in relationship with her brother, but also the speaking from underneath her tongue means I'm asking you how your temperature is, but what I'm really saying is I don't want you to die. Questions, I think, can do that. Powerful questions speak to that. I want to be in conversation with you. I want to be in relationship with you. And this is what we see here, I think, from God. This desire for question, this desire to stay in relationship with Elijah. Now, just because we read here, just because God wants to be in relationship doesn't always mean that we desire to reciprocate. And we might wonder if Elijah felt the same way. Elijah gives a response to God, but no doubt he is still probably feeling frustrated and angry and scared and everything else. And maybe God senses that too. So God asks the question, speaking the language underneath the tongue, meaning, I want to be close to you. I want to care for you. I want to love you. And now, even though God expresses this question, again, for us today, we may not want to reciprocate, kind of like the e-invitation you might get in the mail, someone wanting you to come to an event or a party, and you just never get around to it. There are a lot of reasons why we might want to ignore this invitation from God, but one reason might be, again, going back to what I talked about earlier, silence. Because when there's silence, all kinds of random quirky things go in and out of our heads, which is why I'm grateful for verses 11 through 13 in this passage. It reclaims silence as a powerful way that God can speak to us. But when I was reading through this, it struck a chord for another reason. Here we read that God gives Elijah a heads up. God says, I'm going to be passing by and wants Elijah to be ready. God makes that invitation. And then here we see all kinds of natural phenomena that are taking place. There's a strong wind breaking, a wind so strong it breaks stones. There's an earthquake, there's fire. But the passage tells us that God is in none of those things. Now, this is a pretty familiar story to me and one of my favorite in the scriptures. But when I was reading through the passage this week, I realized all of these things that Elijah sees and listens to and hears, these big noises, this is kind of like my prayer life. <laughs> prayer is so mysterious because we, when we pray, hear so many voices in our own head. And we, at times, are not sure which of those 
noises and voices is of God and which isn't. So let me give you some examples from the head I know the best, my own. The noises that aren't of God can be broken down. I think when I reflected on my own prayer life, the noises that aren't of God are broken down into three categories, just like the three kinds of noises we see in this passage. Well, really, there are actually more than three categories, including excerpts like songs and shows and movies that kind of flit into my mind as I'm trying to pray. But here are the main three. One of those categories for me when I'm in prayer is my personal life or my family life. That's understandable. We often will pray for that. And so I will ask questions of myself in this conversation with God, wondering, am I being a good parent? Are my kids okay? Am I doing the things in this 21st century with so many other things that are calling out for their attention? How are we doing? Am I an attentive husband? Am I in a, a good son, good brother, are my friends? Am I being there for my friends? These are all normal questions that we ask ourselves. But then there's what I sometimes, or what I call noise here. And the noise that is not of God, this kind of noise says this, and it answers those questions that I bring up. The noise says, no, you're really not that great of a father. No, you're not being very attentive as a husband. No, you're not doing as much as you should in order to be present as a son or a friend. So that noise is there in my head, in my prayer life. But like the strong winds, God is not in that noise. Another category sometimes is society. And so when we read and experience and watch and listen to all the things going on in the world, especially right now, and we ask ourselves, what the hell is going on? So these are good questions to ask. But then the noise that is not of God says this to me, it's hopeless. The systems of injustice and hate have won. Just give up. You cannot make any difference at all. And like the earthquakes, however, God is not in that noise. And then finally, questions I have about my vocation. The questions I think that probably many of us ask, what exactly am I doing here? People may entrust me to do certain things or to be a certain type, in my case of pastor. Am I headed in the right direction? So again, these are good questions to ask, but then the noise that is not of God says, you should just give it all up. Who do you think you are to lead anyone? Just set it all aside and do something totally different because clearly you're not very good at what you do. But that noise is not of God, just like the fire in this passage. A few weeks ago, I had a bit of an Elijah moment when I was saying, it is more than enough, Lord. And there was a lot of harmful noise in my prayer time, but I was patient and I got through the noise and then a sound, thin, silent. There have been a few times in my life when I knew for sure that this was God speaking and not just my own meandering thoughts. And so when I was asking that question, what, I should, what should I be doing here? God, give me some direction. I'm not exactly 100% sure what steps I should be taking. And when I finally got through all of that noise, 
I had a strong sense that the response was this. The response from God was, I love that you're asking the questions. And that brought me unbelievable peace. Now, you would think that this is not what I wanted. You would think that I would want specific answers. And as the weeks went along, I would get a nudge here, a holy coincidence there. But at that moment, that's exactly what I needed. When I had the sense that God was saying to me, I love that you asked the question, to me that said, I want to be in a relationship with you. I don't want to just give you answers. For you to continue to come to me and come to me and come to me, and then together we can figure out what steps to take. I got the reminder of the power of relationship, which is what God desires so much Being alone with just our thoughts can be so intimidating. And so we turn on background noise. We want noise to drown everything out. Sometimes literally we turn on music or the TV or our phones. Now, of course, there are even contraptions with background noise. But when we turn on that noise, we might be drowning out God's call to be in a relationship with us when we run away from God's desire to be close. Sometimes God's speaking to us can happen in loud and dramatic ways, but it happens a fair amount in the silence. It's not in the harmful noise. It's in the questions that God asks, because indeed there is speech underneath the tongue there. It's saying, I want to be in relationship with you because of my deep love for you. Stay close. Keep coming back. And know that I will be with you in the noise and in the silence. Amen. Well, friends, thank you so much for listening to this today. As I noted earlier, uh, I myself uh, probably will not be preaching for a few weeks. I may, we'll see how the spirit moves if I may record something much shorter, just some reflections. We also need to do um, some work to see if we can figure out ways to get our other pastors uh, recording uh, podcasts for their sermons as well. But until then, please um, reach out to us. There's lots of ways that you can connect with us during this time of quarantine. Um, Our Facebook page, of course, is we're often putting stuff on there, including on Mondays, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Three times a day, we are um, having times of prayer on Facebook Live. Go to our website, urbanvillagechurch.org community. Find all kinds of resources there that you can uh, use to connect with others. And of course, you can always reach out to me, Christian at urbanvillagechurch.org. And you can connect with me and I'm happy to uh, be of uh, companionship and a listening ear for whatever you're going through. And so, friends, until the next time that we're together, may the peace of Christ be with you.